Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to Rebellion's Bloom, our Star Wars umbrella show here on the Penny Bloom podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. I am also joined by the magnificent KBZ Kyler Barnett. What's up, homie? Man, so glad to be back for Samando. So mm-hmm. I'm so fucking glad to have you, man. I'm so fucking glad to be back talking about the Mandalorian. The fucking mm. Mandalorian, baby. It's Since been too, too goddamn long. Too long. Last episode aired in 2020. Are you fucking kidding me? It's mm. 2023 out here now. I know, man. I don't know. I think, I don't know. Now, a lot of people upset about this two-year situation, whatever, but now that I'm thinking, if I had to spend that whole time without Din and this was the first time I got him again, that would be a long-ass time, you know? Like, it was already a long time from Book of Boba Fett till now. So, right, right. I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm just, I'm glad that we're back into it, and they got, they wasted no time. That's the thing. They were like, let's go. They... They took a lot of gripes that people were having of previous seasons, and we're like, let's shove it in your face and show you that we we heard you, you know, a little bit. And, I don't know, I think this season has just been set up very, very well. It was a very efficient uh, premiere. Mm. Um, I, I, that, I'd say that's the best thing I could say. It, it's just, it was very, very efficient. Um, no, very that's a... That's the premiere thing that I'm very satisfied with this premiere about. I, while I do, I love this episode. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, just from an objective standpoint, I love this Miller. episode. What's that? Already? Miller. Already. Filler. <laughs> no, but I will say, it's, it is the worst season premiere of Mandalorian so far. Um, but that's because it did something different than all the other season premieres did. And that every single, quote unquote filler episode that's ever been complained about throughout the run of the show came out of nowhere. Nobody saw it coming. It was just mm. like there was no setup. We're just gonna go and fucking do this. Every single episode that might get that filler label got a setup in this episode. Anything that comes back to Pirate Pirate King Gordian Shard or uh and anything that comes back to IG eleven and Navarro, like it's all mm-hmm. it's all set up in the first episode so that nobody can go, oh well this one's fucking filler. No, they set it all up. It's it's a it's a narrative now. It's yeah, and no, I, I'm in it. I'm in it. They I'm were ready. moving. They were moving kind of fast, you know. It was like I was surprised. I was like whenever 
they got to Navarro or whenever Den got to Navarro and, and was starting to fix up IG 11 and they were like, Oh, well, we need a part for him to fix him. I'm like, okay, that's probably what, you know, the rest of this episode is going to be. We're going to be finding that part for IG 11 and it's right. going to be the end and he's going to come you know, wake up, whatever. And that's going to be the, the cute mission for this episode. And they were like, Nope, that's going to happen sometime later. We'll get back to that. Um, now we're going to go see Bo Katan. Now we're going to, you know, check in everywhere else. We're gonna, like, they established just so much all over. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if it was, I think it's partially they need to recap everyone on the events of season two and, and get you ready for season three and watching it again. Um, and I don't know. I think their plans for season three, I think they just had bigger plans than what the show recent or before allowed it to have. Like, I, I think it was a show before where they were just going on cute adventures together. And then there was the narrative that spanned you know, across the whole season. But now I think it's just, it's so much bigger that they were like, we have to hit the ground running to get this story that we want to cross. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I don't know. Tyler, I think how, that, about you? how are you feeling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I was going to say, just kind of like on the lines of like the, the premiere being a little more different than what we typically seen in the Mandalorian premieres in the past is that I feel like the presence of Mando in <clears throat> Boba book of Boba um, you kind of got some of the big things that maybe like I I don't want to say that like those should subs like subset the premiere or anything like that, but like there were some bigger moments in those those episodes with Mando that kind of felt like they kind of preclude the premiere in a way that um I guess would maybe explain why they didn't feel like they need to like I know that that's not Mandalorian's show and I know that that's not the premiere, but um. I mean, you look back at all the interaction you saw in those in those episodes of Book of Boba with Grogu and Luke and Ahsoka, and just so much stuff happening. Mm. Um, you know, the reun the the you know reunion of those two characters, even um, in that show. I don't know if the premiere. I guess I'm not so upset that we didn't get something of that nature. I kind of also just leaves me more suspense for what's to come. You know, I mean, yeah. that's nothing I'm going to complain about, even if it isn't what people maybe were expecting. Um, I'm I'm totally all right. I have plenty of notes to talk hey. about what the fuck I was on. So Yo, I had the time of my life watching this shit, buddy. It was two a.m. I was sat I sat my ass right here in my bed, and I watched that shit, and I was smiling ear to ear the entire fucking time. I was so goddamn happy man. to have man. my mans and my baby back. Mm. I I got my baby back, baby back. You know, like I I got that shit on lock i love my little dude grogu and i I, like i completely get gripes about oh why do the whole thing in another show and reunite them and it's an unearned payoff fuck that Mm. i want my baby i want the baby give me the baby this is our. This is our. You our have kid. something I want. I want to see a baby. Yeah. This is know? our collective child. We're watching him grow up. We've seen us. You know, we're we're gonna get every stage of of the baby things that we want. You know, his first word. It's gonna mm. be a huge moment. Can't wait. We're gonna see his first. I don't know bike ride. Some bike riding equivalent. We've already got his first little flying lessons a little bit. You know, and uh, we're gonna hop on the speeder bike um, at some point. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, oh man, no, I can't. He's gonna, like, take, he's gonna take a droid for a ride. That's what it is. He's gonna just on the back. Of the look droid at what we started prison. the show with: a child being inducted into the cult. Like that's what we started. We didn't start with Din and Grogu. Like that's the thing. The, and they're they're 
adamant about it now. The centerpiece of the show, the focal point of the show, is Din and Grogu. They, that's what they said in all their you know, articles or all these press releases, whatever. It's why Cara Dune, you know, is being sidelined. It's like, well, it doesn't really matter because the focus of the show is Din and Grogu. That's what that's we're supposed why. to focus on. Like, yeah, let's focus on that. But like Special forces, special forces. The yeah. show starts with the cult and the armorer and a kid. An innocent kid who is can't take his helmet off ever again now. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, technically, a... technically, he doesn't finish the vow. I believe he will take advantage of that um, because Ooh. of the fact that the, the little Okay, the it did get interrupted. You're yeah. right. It uh, was well, the, the giant fucking creature interrupted it. Him um, saving the armorer, though, I think is is like him going in and doing that is his way of being like I'm all in. Like I think he wants to be. He thinks that this is it's not a cult to him. No, like no, yeah, one hundred percent. Din's not Din's not of the mind that there's anything wrong with the way they do things right now. And I think that I hope. I'm a little worried about the I direction. Know. I'm I'm worried it's not going to go the direction where they end up vilifying. Like I want them. To bring Din to a point where he realizes this is wrong and there needs to be a different way to go about things. I'm worried that the way this story is going to go, my, my prediction for the season is like, he goes to the minds of Mandalore. He proves that he's cleansed himself. He goes back to those Mandalorians, rebaptizes himself in that, in that image. And then. He leads that faction of Mandalorians against Bo-Katan's faction of Mandalorians, which we'll get to that and how that might end up coming back around. But uh, that's, I think that's the basis for our Civil War type beat going on oh, in this yeah. season. Um, which I don't, they'll have to pull it off really well, because that's not ideal for me as far as what the way Din handles the religious trauma he's endured via the armorer i think yeah i'm kind of it's, it's still early though i don't know maybe it's it you know i think they're he's in the ways of the cult right now uh just because like he just completed his mission he just got grogu back like I don't, it everything is kind of happening fast and he's been living this way his whole life you know it's not just going to be like a snap decision that he's like oh i'm you know or it's going to be a moment that we see whenever he starts to change his mind you know um and i i really hope we do get that this season um, and I mean, the armorer, like, she's very adamant though. Like, Din, without Din, like, I don't know. They were kind of screwed there. Din comes in, saves the day, and she's still kind of like, you're still not a Mandalorian. You know, I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck that you just saved us. Like, whatever. Like, you still removed your helmet. Like, I don't know. It's. I think, I, I, I don't know. I'm team, like, school of thought that, like, banishing a literal child to a life behind a helmet is, is kind of dumb but i'm gonna be honest the the helmet hiss that that happens when you put it on i would be taking that shit on and oh. off like at least like seven <laughs> times a day the way that, that is so sounds. satisfying it's, it's sick as fuck I, so satisfying not 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 really that's something that's like of the uh the realistic school of thought or anything i mean i just mm. I, that that's my two cents that hiss no i'm with, you. I'm with I, you i would take that shit on and off all the time one um, cool thing we we hear we heard from Favreau and Filoni that there was a time jump between Book of Boba Fett season two and and uh, Book of Boba Fett Mandalorian season two and now where we're at in season three and the only two things 
that show us this are Navarro's development and the fact that the armorer has built up her mm. the following again. The last time I saw the armor, it was her and Vizla, and that was it. Yeah, um, man, love Vizla. Like they're, they're rebuilding. You know, like they're they're love rebuilding. Vizla. This was definitely John Favreau. I want right? to see more. No, it is. That's what I was getting ready to tell you. It's Favreau, and it's so great because he voiced Prey Visla, and that is so singular in my mind from the Clone Wars. From that whole arc is just like Prey Visla, and that John Favreau voice that he did for that yeah. shit was my amazing. Question that I have for you guys is John Favreau puts himself into the show. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like. It's going to be a big-ish character like Happy Hogan. I'd say, I'd say like it's going to be like he's the Happy of Star Wars. He's going to be like um, supporting role. I don't know. I feel like that's what he. I don't know. Is that is that? Do you think like how big his role is? Like how big do you think his role is in the show? I guess. I don't. Know. It's gonna. I, I don't know. I would like to see yeah, a little more development important. with someone outside of the armor in that group, and I would say that. Uh, Paz Vizsla is probably higher on that list. I just don't know if that's really what might end up happening. I just I don't I don't know where to lean. I'm not I don't know. I mean I'm team school of thought that like oh I, I'm just team school of thought that like I would like to see more. It's just that like I don't know I mean like you gotta think that there's a lot of shit to go around. I don't know how much I truly think or feel that he's gonna have like a huge role per se. Um, there it's is just kind of my money on the idea that he his role will be as big as it has been. I don't think he'll be any more prominent than he'd been previously, and I don't think he'll be any less prominent than he has been. I just think he'll be, you know, the second most important Mandalorian in that faction behind the armor. He'll just keep being that. Like, I don't really think we're going to spend a lot of time exploring Paz Vizla as like a singular character. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think Favreau wants that either. Like, I don't think that's something he's not going to just like feed like a story arc in that regard either. Like, I just don't see that being the case. I mean, if he voices it anything like Prey Vizla, I mean, that that voice is electric. But Prey Vizla was also an entirely different like kind of type dude. Only reason um, I bring it up is because I think a theory that Colton had is is pretty good, and it's the trailer footage that we see of what everyone is thinking is Order 66 and someone breaking down the door to come get Grogu, but if you look at those clips side-by-side side of Grogu's Order 66 that we have confirmed in Book of Boba Fett, like that vision that he sees, the rooms in the trailer and that, they do not match, like, at all. And that room looks way more High Republic era. It looks like Colton thought that it could be the Mandalorians' a- attack on the Jedi Temple. That, that it's not Order 66. It is the Mandalorian sieging the Jedi Temple because that that's been that's been confirmed to happen in the Mandalorians' you know history and everything. They they attack. They you know uh I don't know if it was was it. Tar Vizsla specifically? No, he was a Jedi and had the Darksaber. It was like the person right below him that attacked the Jedi Temple, right? Ta- there was Tar Vizsla and Taz Vizsla? Is that... Oh, I don't know if I'm remembering it right now. I'm find that there's a point in the timeline, the history of the Darksaber, where 
the Jedi stole it from the Mandalorians and the Mandalorians have to come take it back. And that's what sparks the Mandalorian Jedi war. I think that's what we're mm-hmm. seeing in that clip is them trying to take back the dark saber. Um, would be so cool. Imagine we get like both. Imagine we get like order 66 and the, you know, that scene as well. Um, I'm certain we will. I, like yeah. I, I mean, they, they're putting so much rebels and clone war stuff in the show. Like, the the hyperspace like traveling in what are those the whales I, I call them whales but they're not whales yeah the like oh my like whenever I saw them I'm just like oh my god I just like started tear like it was just like I just had happy tears because I'm like I'm just so happy that these are just now like on in live action and I wonder if like only could Din because Din was taking a nap like during this he was kind of like nodding off. Do you think Din could see them if he looked? Or, like, do you think it was only Grogu, like, sensing them, like, through the Force, and we were seeing, like, kind of his, like, sense, you know, like, sort of thing? Do you think only Grogu could see them, or that Din could as well? Uh, I'm of the mind that uh, Din probably could have seen them, but I think it was just kind of a... It was just kind of an opportunity to show Grogu's affinity for Mm. just the living Force. Because like, it's uh, interesting eight. to have him sleep there. Because, I don't know, he was very, like, his helmet was down, and his arms were kind of crossed. Yeah, it is inter- an interesting decision to make him asleep there. And maybe it's just to show that, like, hyperspace is, it's boring to him now. He does it all the time. You know, it's nothing to him. But to Grogu, it's it's like a, you know, a new wonder of the world, you know, basically. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Man. he'd flown around in hyperspace, but it was in the Razor Crest, not dome yeah not like seeing it yeah Yeah. like he's like that'd be the coolest way to do it man that'd be like i don't know i love i just i don't do is it like a little elevator what do you think he goes down to enter like he goes like down and then into the cabin somehow you know Mm. like i wonder if it's like a little elevator like a little ladder because i want to like i i imagine him either climbing down a little mini ladder or just kind of like going down this little just elevator um, I don't know. I just, I really want to know how it's done just to, <laughs> I love these in-between moments that like, it doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things, but I just love like imagining what Grogu's actually doing, just like yeah. climbing down well, that little It's funny. You, you, you say, you mentioned Den being asleep and stuff. Like I literally think the only reason he was asleep was to make the moment where Grogu crawls into his arms. Cute. Oh, oh that, like, like, uh... I, think that, I think that's why I think that's why he's asleep. I... Um, that that whole scene, I just want to comment that that whole scene. <laughs> my thought during that moment was like, no disrespect to my actual family or my parents or anybody else, but like, goddamn, if I could grow up in a life where I get to just fly around the galaxy with Din Djarin, that that would be pretty fucking epic. Yeah, that, my that ideal would... existence is being a <laughs> foot tall baby, crawl into the arms of Pedro Pascal. That's that now, would be. I, I could do without the trauma, but like, man, we want to talk about how like R two D two has a crazy ass history of just like being around people and shit and seeing shit. Grogu is gonna have a mask quite the fucking shit, man. Mm. He's going to have a mask quite the resume of just galic intergalactic shit that he has seen. Mm. It this is man going to Babu be... Frick. Is it Why? actually? How do you know that is that is Babu Frick? Yeah. How we know? How do we know? He was confirmed sure? to be in season three of The Mandalorian. Oh, just like said. 
It's yeah. just like they they were just like Babu Frick will be here. This was like months ago. Yeah, Babu. <laughs> Frick will be season three of the Which one's Babu Frick? How do we the know? The one he hugged. The one with the wispy little... The one oh. who he talks to the whole time. That's Babu Frick. The one that Grogu, like, Grogu yeah. picked up? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay. Because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start my favorites now. Uh, my favorite uh, performance is Shirley Henderson as Babu Frick. Uh, no way! You know, I think, I think awesome. she played the entire group. I know that there isn't a ton of, like, just there's some a couple of, like, little lines outside of that but she did the whole thing because i looked up the credit and that was like she doesn't just she doesn't just voice babu frick she puppeteers as she voices oh fuck that shit up shirley you fucking go bitch you're killing it you're fucking killing that shit that's awesome fuck yeah then he also had my favorite line babu also had my favorite line uh, whenever Din's awesome. like, uh, what if I can get you the party? He goes, okay, now, then no problem. We fix. Yeah. I-, <laughs> I love how, like, how at first it's kind of hard to translate and, like, grief kind of needed to, like, go in there. But then, like, that scene was so hysterical, dude. Din, like, I don't know. It, Din just giving yeah, him a look. I got like, it. Dude, dude, no, I, no. I know. Like, <laughs> Oh, just man. the whole fact that Din Jaren, like, grief Karga isn't even in there, but Din is just in there all fucking suited up and just crisscross applesauce. Criss-cross that applesauce. shit was Dude. so ironically funny. I just was like, wow, this shit is peak already. It. I'm fucking I loved it. it. Fucking that with is... it hard. I don't know. I'm between two. If we're doing, are we doing shots for this? Favorite shots? Um, My favorite shot was the Pergill one. Because th- that's what I'm between. I'm between the Pergill and just the Babu Frick shop like whenever it showed din sitting and then grogu across it's like it just showed like kind of the whole shop wish, in one shot i wish they like, would have know, shown so din crawling into there because i he know he had, he, did. To he had to crawl yeah. on his hands and knees in there and then like finagle into a crisscross stance See, it's and these I wish in between moments it. it's these in between moments that don't matter but that i want i i want all of those that's 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 what i want I, I, I just want a montage of them doing nothing. Okay. Well, if your shot's the Pergo, then I'm I'm comfortable with with going with Babu Frick's uh, Babu Frick shop for for my shot. Um, I think I have my shot. I have a yeah, shot what is that it? I thought stuck out. I really like the like. I don't know if you call it. It's not quite first person, but that camera shot on like in the very beginning off of uh, one of the Mandalorian. I think we've seen it before, maybe like once or twice. Oh, but God, like, that's just such a change. It's right at the beginning, like when was they're that? fighting that big, like, alligator thingy. I don't know. Yeah, you guys yeah. yeah what the was that party. thing? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what the hell that was. That was thing just was. a big old fucking crocodile. Yeah, that's just a. Yeah, that but, just a... but the scene where, like, the dude, like, they're, they're flying and they're sticking the bombs on him, the uh-huh. natives or whatever, and then he flies back up, and there's a moment where, like, the camera is almost, like, off of the helmet, like, Downward shot of him like flying. It's the Black Adam shot. Yeah, I fucked with that. That was like so refreshing. I guess is the way I'll describe it. Because like maybe we've seen that in Mandalorian. I think I I'm picturing. I feel like we have, but it's just such a change of pace, and we haven't seen anything like it in so long. It's just the crispness, dude. It's just like okay. The Christmas of that shot and just like the color with the helmets and the and all the armor and just everything else like that little blurb there was a moment that literally like made me like sit up in my chair like whoa whoa i fuck with that 
And I I like that shit. That was dope. I the Pergil scene and the the hyperspace that was incredible. And I would have probably unanimously just went with it, but I'm a dare to be different here. I no, really yeah, like yeah. That. No, that's a that's a good choice because I, th- it's not disappointing in this episode. It's just uh, th- when it came to this one, there were surprisingly few shots I think you could seriously consider for your favorite shot of the episode. It was just a little light in that regard. It was good looking, but you know. Uh, there weren't a lot of standouts. There were so many expos, like, like, I don't know if this is the right word or if I'm just reaching or not, but like expositional, like just little like tidbit shots that I really also enjoyed that like don't probably hold up like to the standard of what we're trying to do here or what we're talking about. But like so many moments on Navarro, like seeing that whole new civilization and just everything going around, like the little sushi chef, basically, that, that's what it looked like. I don't know what he was making, whatever it was, but that was dope the ig11 statue shot initially just like mm. so many things man i fucking love new navarro that shit is so much more refreshing to look at than what it used to ew fucking ugly in, in the in, in bricks. hindsight bricks everywhere on the floor did you see them? did you see how many bricks made up the floor in navarro so it was everywhere so it, it, cobblestone bricks in star wars canon for like i don't know there were i don't know because before navarro like looking at navarro before like it looked like shit. Like it was a dump before, really. It was run down. Like, it, was bl- it, it was bland it looks, as fuck. Yeah, it looks so good now. And and you know the I forget what the line was about Cara Dune. Did, did she? Didn't they? Did Chris Carter say forces. like she got? Yeah, a, a, she's whatever. in special forces for a for a. <laughs> she got uh, promoted because uh, after she so. brought in Mod Gideon, you know, she got promoted to New Republic special forces. Okay. Is that their is that their way of just being like she's not on the show she's she got promoted? She's uh, I personally or... don't think she's coming back, but I did see Colton tweet that he would like to see like a recast because there's more to explore in that character. I'd be down, but I just felt like that line indicated to me I probably don't see her every time. That was Maloney or Favreau. We won't has been see asked her in season three. Her. Yeah, no, they. They every time they've been asked about her, they've dodged the question, and the closest they've been to answering it is they've just said that she is a very interesting character, and she's a very good character. The char- her character is very strong, um, but let's focus on Grogu and Din is kind of their answer right now. So I think I think they're kind of maybe debating on what to do with her right now. I think because like wasn't she supposed to get like a whole spinoff show like for herself? Yeah, it was the Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah, yeah. so like. No, I think I think she will be back in the future, just not this season. I think I think yeah. she will be back. I think she will be recasted. Like the Alderaan survivor angle, but not Leia could be really, really compelling. It's just mm. uh there's there's a lot to enjoy and a lot to really uh explore. Um I think there's a lot of potential there to really expand on that character. But uh regardless, I loved all the shit on Navarro, but I think my favorite shit of this season is going to be whatever Pirate King Gorian Shard is up to. Um, what a character that guy is. Dude, the character, character design. design. Oh my god. The coldest. I we have the, never seen anything that. like that. Said, you guys literally just word basically <laughs> verbatim spit out my note on that whole note because that shit was awesome. I, I think my words exactly were Gorian Shard might have one of the sickest character designs I've ever seen in Star Wars. I don't know if I've ever seen anything up to this kind of like standard. Like he's also known as is, the Pirate King. That's so uh, no, fucking that is, cool. He's my favorite character. That shit was the episode. intricate as uh, fuck. Okay, 
I'm gonna be just honest, off one of the design the, alone. Yeah, I mean, one that, of the only times I've like ever been taken so far aback by like a character design that felt like just so like incredibly detailed and just like I don't even know. I, I'm struggling to sum, sum it up. Like just sick as fuck. Um, that's pretty weak. But um, what what's the is it Davy Jones and Pirates yeah, of the Caribbean? Pirates of the Caribbean. Guy with literally, dude. Yes. Right. That that seemed like up to that type of standard of like holy that, shit, this is the most intricate and like crazy design for a character I have ever seen. Oh, I was going like, like my head was Swamp Thing. That motherfucker looked like Swamp Thing Swamp from Thing the DC Universe to the, a fucking T. Plus, if Swamp Thing and that Davy Jones Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, if they had a baby, boom, that Pirate was, King. Ooh, uh, Pirate King, Gordon Shard, fucking awesome. I'm so, uh, like, and I also think that's how Boba Fett will inevitably get rolled into yes. the season, is yes. that Gorian Shard is going to keep giving Navarro and Din problems, keep trying to hunt Din down, and Din's going to have to call on Boba and Fennec to come back in and help him out with a little problem he's having. And uh, I'm so excited Ooh. for that. Uh, ah, oh, this is... During the time, I think of my favorite scene. Yeah, right before. Um, That's my favorite scene too. The intro. Oh, him flying around and killing all the pirates, dude. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. I mean, how can it not? I mean, it was like this episode. I'm like, man, we got that big monster fight at the beginning, which was like the ultimate thing of like killing the uh, the worm. Fuck, Sarlat. No. Uh, I know where you're at. Big worm, dune worm thing you know that he blew up put the bantha explode uh like yeah crate dragon thank you um like that was like the ultimate like thing of an episode we got that like just the beginning that happened yep din just kills it now no problem um and then you get like this epic fight like it was he knows how to he knows how to fly this ship like oh i i appreciate that there was a gap of time and that we're not seeing him still get used to the ship and stuff like that. Like, no, like, I'm glad that there was the stuff in Book of Boba Fett. Like, he's used to it, and he knows how to use the ship. Whenever he was jumping around and sticking on asteroids, and then would explode him and then jump to the next one and stick to it, like... The fact that he was going, like, stealth mode in there, and they were all like, Oh, God, where is he? Where is he? I fucking loved it. Oh! Dude. And then, to just be like... To, to, like he's teaching Grogu, you know, he's giving him his little flight lessons. Never this is this gauge, this is whatever. But yeah, that's the ultimate lesson. Never trust a pirate kid. Punch it, boom. There's my favorite line of the episode. Uh, is it kid or what? It's I don't know. What is he? What is he? I don't. I got to get the exact line. But um, dude, I just said like I just I find it so funny that oh, like, right here, Din is not only not really even stressed in this scenario. But not only that, but Grogu is literally just laughing as 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 Din is just one v fiving these these shitters, just absolutely murking their shit. It's just awesome. That's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. And scammer gets scammed. Kid, just get, never just trust get a pirate. Is is the line, and he punches it. And then you I also just find it funny. You know, do his I also find it funny thing. that he was just like fighting off all these dudes, and then once he gets target locked. He just basically just zooms the fuck out of there. Like, just see ya. I'm I'm out of here. Ooh, like, that's that not ship, for me. That ship is sick. That ship. Oh, is I also sweet. just love that. Like, 
Grief Karga may have become like a political figure of sorts and really become like this like very like not like what seemed like a nonpartisan type ruler or something and then just merch fools in the streets of Navarro like don't give a fuck. Lean. Oh no, he still got it. Yeah. Yeah, just you know, he, fuck him. Dude. No, I it, I love how Den's kind of standing there in the background too. You know, as is Hey, uh, is there a problem here? And he's like, I don't know. Is there a problem? He said, you know, and it's like Din's there for backup. And and then at first, you don't like, uh, Karga doesn't need it. Like he doesn't need the backup at first. And then eventually, when it's you know everyone's got to die, Din steps in. They get the job done cleanly. Um, and I I don't know. I I could have sworn that this main pirate guy Vale, um, that was kind of the leader of the henchmen. I could have sworn for some reason that it was Christian Bale. Vane, thank you. Yeah, I could have sworn that it was Christian Bale. And I'm like, why do I think this is Christian? Some of the, like, mannerisms that he was acting with, I'm like, why does it remind me of Christian Bale? It's not um, at all. Yeah, I Um, I looked it up. It's some dude named, like, Marty Toulis, I think, or something. I hadn't heard of him. But who I thought it was, and God, I'm going to have to listen to the voice and let you guys know who I thought it was, because I am way, way, way off base. But it, I definitely thought it was somebody entirely different, which would have been pretty hilarious if it would have ended up being who I thought it was by my memory. But I'll have to listen to try to remember what my brain said I thought it was. Because it's somebody, like, that's laughably, like, not it now in hindsight. <laughs> but, like, when I first heard it, I was like, is, is that the, that guy? Mm. Oh, man. So many good things happened in this episode, dude. Just some great... I just love the grandeur of Grief Karga, like, especially now in, like, this political role, like, the grandeur the of his, like, just... droids behind him holding up his that. cape. He has two droids holding up his cape everywhere he goes. That's... Hey, it's all about the image, dog. That is baller. I mean, that's baller. That man's got it's the all... fucking drip these days. Yeah. Karga's on his bullshit. Nah, and you know, I love what they've done with Karga this season, and I love that that man keeps elevating himself. He keeps raising his his rank, you know? Nobody's doing that. He's deciding he's high magistrate. He's he yeah. went, Like, that's him. I love it. He can. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, he, he can. can't say that he's it doesn't the, He's the high magistrate, you know? he's Also, he's... I just loved the total, like, 180-degree twist of, like, IG-11 numerous times throughout oh, this episode. Like, as soon as I saw the statue, I think I, I, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, they finally gave oh IG-11 his flowers. Like, give my boy his honor. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden we get zombie IG-11 trying to murk Grogu still and then get his head fucking crushed by a statue of Grief Karga. That's using your head. I was like, holy shit, what's happening? This is taking a turn for the worst. Who's going to be the marshal that fills in for Navarro? Um, I don't know. Grief Karga's looking for a marshal. It's not Din. Din turned him down, you know? He said, I can't do it right now. On a mission. Sorry. Um, I don't know. Is this is this where Boba steps in, or is this too? No, nah, I I think that's pretty beneath Boba for me. Not permanently, not like permanently, but like you know, kind of like for right now. Like I don't like I see like maybe a deal being strucken, strucketh of uh, I don't know. I I just really want the the theory of him bringing water back to Tatooine. And that Navarro is flourishing now, that they could possibly help Tatooine become like this in a way. Um, and then that's the deal he makes with them and to give them protect, and he goes out and just kills 
this pirate guy, like straight up, he's like, I'm Boba Fett. I'm, I'm, I can do this. It's no problem. Um, but I don't know. See, I like that, but I also, like, I think that would be a cool direction, but I think it's a good opportunity to interest to some new badass. I think it's a good opportunity oh, okay. to give us a new cool Cobb character. No. Cobb? Just a new person. He's running, yeah, he's maybe, running Tatooine. Yeah, maybe it is just better if it's just new. Just someone new. Yeah, there was one line from this show that kind of made me, like, take a moment, because uh, Grief Karga says, like, he's describing what Navarro is going to be, or something along the way. He's like, the first independent trade anchor, or first mm. truly independent trade anchor. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of thought, yeah, that's just not going to age well, is it? Like, I just got a bad feeling about this not really working out the way that he says it is. I just, I don't know what it is, but something tells me something bad's going to happen. Huh. I don't know. I don't. I don't have that. Feeling. I hope not. I, I hope not. I don't have that feeling I just, yet. I don't. I don't frequently see things like that work out. Very I, I guess well I. I Maybe very, this yeah. is the bait and the switch they've been, they've been developing for the last. Oh, I don't know, like thirty, forty years of Star Wars content. But I just feel like statements like that aren't typically uh, typically actually cast in in a good way most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, I think that's kind of how the Pirate King Gorian Shard storyline is going to get folded back in, is that he's going to be given Grief Karga major shit, the pirates, everything that he used to be a part of is going to come back to bite him in the ass. You know, it's kind of a major storyline in all these sorts of crime characters who have redeemed, quote-unquote, themselves, where, you know, it's not just simple to escape that life. It's not easy to go legit. So I think that's going to catch up with him here pretty soon. I see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm trying to look for connections wherever I can because I just want them to be there, um, and I, I'm just not letting the story breathe yet. You know, I'm just I'm trying to mm. fill in all the gaps right now, and like we're in episode one, and like I, who who knows what direction we're we're really going in. Like I I hope they're going in. Like I don't know because I guess we haven't really talked about Bo Katan at all yet. I feel like no, I was, I was about to say that, that way. I was uh, because like I, I think they handled her very well. Like uh, we were trying, we were discussing like, man, what what was the conversation right after the season two finale of you know Mando? Like what was spoken right then and there? Um, what what could what could have happened? And and we still don't know. But at least we know now that like she has given up, and people have given up on her, and like she's just gone into kind of this. She doesn't. She doesn't have that spark that she once had before. And she doesn't, she, she sees it as a lost cause now. She's like, I have nothing, you know, nothing at all. Um, which makes, I think, total sense. Uh, she didn't have the dark saber. That's what she wanted. That was her whole goal. And she failed. And her followers, like, they're not there. Like, her, like, I don't know. It's interesting that, I don't know if that means that they just became mercenaries too. Or if they're just, like, not in the throne room with her at the time. I don't know. But. No, yeah, like Casca Reeves and mm-hmm. uh, them specifically. Yeah, I, I, I take it that they, I take it that they went where her fleet went. Like they became Dang. mercenaries, and like that's just kind of how it is. Uh, I also don't know because the marketing is Denver Spokane hard. Like that's, that's what it true. seems like. Uh, so like I want to know how truthful she's being when she's like. They all left, you know, like, uh, they're um, all gone. Nope. There's nothing left. Like, he's like, like, like is, he shows is, up and he's like, I want to join you. That's and the first thing she's he like, does. I can't have, I think she's like, 
you can't. Yeah, there's nothing to join. Or like, yeah, like, there's nothing left to join, I think, is like, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, it is Din Djarin. I've come here to join you. Yeah, like, I don't know. There's only one thing she has left. She says, you wave that saber around and they'll do what you want. Only way she can get what she had back is if she has the saber. Mm. She's going to gun for that. What do you think the state of Mandalore really is? Because the armorer says off that crystal thing, she's like, oh, well, this proves that the entire surface of Mandalore has been crystallized or whatever. Mm. What does that mean? What is, does that mean? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what the hell that means. At least I, I really think that instead of just bombs, I really think that this was like Sabine Wren's Beskar destroyer weapon, steroided out, put on the kind of like in the Bad Batch episode, um, that I guess we'll get to later, like the weapon they used against the Krayt Dragon, um, mm. or not Krayt Dragon, the, uh, uh Zillow Beast. Yeah, Zillow Beast, uh, kind of that, but just the Beskar version, maybe, just on the end of mm. the ship. They go to the dome and they fry everyone that's wearing Beskar inside, which is everyone, pretty much. Um, and that's how we get all the ashes and the, the Mandalorian armor that we see in, like, the trailer and stuff like that. Um, could be a way to tie Sabine back in, possibly, or, um, I don't know. I think, I think Mandalore just has a lot more going on. Um, cause, with like Palpatine's plan and and everything, I don't know. I think there's just a lot more going on with Mandalore, and I'm interested to see what the state of the planet actually is. Whenever I think there. it's not incredibly exaggerated, I think the only thing that's not a lie is that it's poisoned. Like I think, or, or I think that's the only thing that is a lie. I think it's probably perfectly. You're definitely capable of going to it. It's just not a bit of. It's not hospitable. You know, like it's it's all sorts of. Because like, up. isn't like their helmets have like fil like filters built in, right? Like, can can a Mandalorian be in like open space, like no. in space? Has that ever been seen before? Is that pop? That's. I don't believe so. I believe their helmets are like open on the bottom. Oh really? Yeah, like because I think that that's what the. The, the sound that Kyler said is really satisfying. Like, I feel like that's what, like, kept Boba alive and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I felt like it's, I I don't know. I, maybe I'm thinking of some other helmet or something like that. Maybe that's, like, the clump. Well, because, like, the trooper's armor, there was, like, that one episode with uh, Clo, or Plo Koon. It's, like, um, one of the first episodes of the show, of the Clone Wars. And... Yeah. And whenever they were out in space, did they just die instantly? Like those troopers? No, like, they yeah, like they, they had bit. they had helmets specifically for that. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe that's what I'm mixing up then there. Um, but I don't know. I think I I really think it's promising. Like we were hoping that the the show would go to it's a cult. Like, and you're, you know, you've been lied to your whole life. Like, maybe take a step back and think for yourself for a little bit then. And we see that finally. I think we are going to go there because of how the show started. Showing a kid be initiated into, um, you know, this faction, whatever you want to call it. Bo-Katan straight up calls it a cult in the show already episode one. Mm. Um, so I think, I, I don't know. I think that's that's really good um, indications for, uh, for the story, I hope. Um but you're right, like, you're right about Din was still way too 
how do I redeem myself? I will go there. I will prove my. I will prove it to you. And well, I there's will come also back a shot and, in the trailer where he's side by side with them. You know, like he's rolling with them at some point. Uh, like, and I'm like, I, and maybe that's within the next couple episodes. And by the end, because that's typically how this goes. Like, I, I predicted that we will see most of what the trailer was in the first episode, and we did. Most of the trailer was in this first episode, but there's still a few things that weren't. And I would expect that those few things come in the next two episodes, episodes two or three. So, like, there's definitely still potential for them for Din to realize, like, we end this episode, we're going to Sundari next week. The capital city of Mandalore. That is episode two. He's, like, right there. It's a man. He's he's already in the Mandalore system. Bo-Katan told him where to go. That's his only mission right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Man, we're going to get... What the heck is on Mandalore? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I really think... um, my my craziest theory is that the the waters the living waters is it is a lie to get you to like actually die like it is it is known that you will die on this journey and if you take your helmet off it's just it's a way for them to say that you can be redeemed but it's like just a way to be like no like you 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 will die and maybe den knows this too but he's i don't know i don't like that's my craziest theory is that it's it's known to die and no one knows how you die, though, because if you go there, you're dead. The actual reason is there's a mythosaur down there, and it, they just eat you straight mm. up. That's like you go to the living waters, and the, the, the mythosaur can sense you, and it's like, mm, my next meal, thanks for the sacrifice. But the difference this time is Grogu will be with him, and he mm. can tame said mythosaur, and Grogu and Den will ride out of there on the mythosaur, and ba-ba-bing-ba-ba-boom. And, you know, that's the crazy theory right now, I think. But right. It no, could yeah, also, especially considering could there's nobody on Mandalore to watch them do that. Um, yeah, and and that's what we were we were also thinking like, oh, everyone's gonna see Din fly out on a mythosaur and be like, oh, now we have to be with this guy. But like, is anyone on Mandalore? No, nobody's there. Uh, well, and, unless there is, or that's yeah. the big lie to keep. Every- what if that's like Palpatine's base of operate? What if that's like where he's been operating? Like all of his like, I don't know. Well, that would be where. Right now, Palpatine would be on Exegol. That would be his base of operations. Yeah, I don't, but I mean, like, Gideon's, he could be using it for something. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Saying that it's poison and everything, like, stay away, you don't want to come here, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a few stragglers that try to go there, the Empire just wipes out instantly, you know, mm. because it's, and, you don't know. Ooh. Tr- truth be told, I don't, I don't, like, I don't know how... I feel about the overall theory, but I don't hate the idea that like if Din makes like goes to Mandalore returns that the armor is like all like, I don't, I could see a way that like it's written in or it happens that like she is surprised to see that he has actually returned with proof Mm -hmm. of some kind. If that makes it like, like, Oh, oh. She was like, "Oh wow, I really thought you were gonna die." Like, I really yeah, so, something of that nature, or, or I, I don't know. Like, I could see something like that happening. I just don't know. Like, I you guys are so much like better read and like deeper into the actual like intricacies, I guess you could say, or like just some of the like novelizations and other Lord. things that I don't quite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That like it's hard for me to really like 
get my mind to turn fast enough to like develop a theory that fast i need to like right. watch it again and like re kind of like think about everything but i could see some type of way where like the armor is surprised to see that din has actually returned from mandalore in some capacity but like i don't know what's coming like i, well, I, I that's like, why i'm so excited i like the idea because my one of my premier ideas of the armorer is that in my head she ascended to this level of being like the leader. I think she was raised in this cult. I truly think that she doesn't know any better than anyone uh, else. I think mm. I think she does believe everything she says. It's just it's just blatant. It's wrong. Like she doesn't she doesn't know it's wrong, but it's like I think she's about to get a wake up call, and maybe that's why Din uh. ends up fighting with her is because like like fighting alongside her is because she's like, oh yes. shit, what I've known is a lie. Oh, I was trying Ooh. to, I was thinking of a situation where the armorer and Favreau or Vizsla can take off their helmets. And that only happens if they have that awakening too. If it's not just Din. In my mind, I was always thinking it's just going to be Din that has this awakening, but mm. it would be way better if we could get the armorer and it, what's this Vizsla's name? What's Paz. Favre, Paz. Paz. If we can get Pat, like them just taking their helmets off, and we see Favreau and um, who's playing the armor right now? Do we? Emily Swallow. Yeah, like I don't know. It would be. It's just there's so many people that are just under a helmet right now that we can't see. That sucks. Like Pedro Pascal is under a helmet. Like ah, I just I I want I want to see him. You know, I want to see his face. Um, and see him <laughs> act. Um, Let's uh. Let's top off this episode. Let's do some favorites. Mm. Let's let's spread the love here. Let's start with favorite character of the episode and go in a circle. Kyler, what, how about you start here? What, what was your favorite character of the episode? Yeah. Shit. I'm really torn, but I'm going to go with... I gotta go. I gotta go Dinjo. Mm. I that's where my head's at. I just was so happy to see him. And I think we're seeing him in like a much more like I don't know. I mean he's always been great at being like the the father figure to Grogu or whatever, but like it's just been I mean we've talked about it. It's been so long. And he just had a couple of my favorite lines from the show. Grief Karga is a good answer. Grogu had a couple really funny shots, but I'm waiting to see some like bigger moments from Grogu where he's not just like using the force to get some food or something for like a for like a character type like favorite of that nature um but I did love that little fucking baby because mm -hmm. I can't get enough of him but I I'm going to Jarn I just he had, a, he, he, he had a couple of my favorite lines like I, I think all of my lines in this episode other than one were from him that I that were in the running and just like I I, I love to see the badassery of that character. I just don't ever get tired of it. Mm. So it's just, that's kind of where I'm at. No, I'm with you. Din was also my favorite. I was just so happy to see him again. Uh, love, love the little guy with all my fucking heart. But it's Din. It's always Din. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it is probably Din. Hey, we got, you know, we got to see the cute character moments and he was on screen for way longer. The actual answer is Din here. But I will give the Pirate King his flowers here. I think he deserves it just for, for them being that bold with the character design. And uh, I hope he's I hope he comes back often. I don't know. I want to see that dude. So um, I'm giving it to the Pirate King. I don't know his actual name. Sorry, Pirate King, but you're way... Gorian Shard. Gorian. The Pirate King. Damn. I don't know. Dude just... 
dude looks sick. Um, so I don't know. I, I'll give it to him just just to remember him. I don't know. He, he was very memorable. Um, no, I loved that character design, and that alone propels him to a place where I'm comf- like I was tempted to give it to him, but I just I was like, you know, I love me some Din. Tough. I love me some Din Djarin. It is tough. Um, what okay. about uh, what about performances? Let's go. Let's go around there, Kyler. You want to start with a performance for us? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Carl Weathers with with Grief Carga. I yeah. just I love the grandeur of this character in this episode specifically. Just like the the total like change in his character and the way he acts is just amazing. Carl Weathers, great actor, hits on all the nostalgia notes from my childhood. Apollo Creed in my notes. I think I usually put like Apollo Creed rules with an iron fist is what I put for this episode. Like just. Little things like that, like I just love it, and just like you could be landed one, gentry. I, I just love yeah, his and, and, over yeah, no. the top theatrical. Oh, nature. absolutely! And one thing I was there. One of the lines that I had for in the running for favorite line from this episode was just literally him saying "Mondo." He doesn't yeah. say it like a normal. It's it's not Mando. It is ah oh, Mondo. I just, I love, like, just how, like you said, the over-the-top, just, like, it could be seen as almost, like, campy or corny, but it doesn't, it's, it's Carl Weathers. It doesn't feel that way. I just fucking love it. I eat that shit up, if, even if it is. Don't care. Don't care. I fucking love it. He fits perfect I, I, into this universe, man. He really does. And man, Carl Weathers is always, every episode that Greek Carga is in, he's in the running for favorite performance and favorite character because Carl Weathers, like, he eats this role up. Like, he is, it's... It's truly probably his second most iconic role behind Apollo Creed. Like there's just like it's just it's just the way of things. He's been fantastic in this role. Uh but uh I, I like I said earlier, my performance ended up going to Shirley Henderson for Bob and Frick. Not just for the voice, but because she puppets while she does the voice, like that she moves him awesome. and does all that stuff. Hey, yeah, which I think is incredibly talented. Uh deserved entirely. I think that's a lost art too. Like you used to hear about this and especially in Star Wars, you know about like the puppeteering importance and stuff because so often do they use like um practical in that kind of setting or at least like mm-hmm. that's my understanding so like all all credit like 100 percent understood that 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 hits wow wow no no uh din like pedro pascal hey, i was hey, surprised hey, man hey um, man hey man because... he's gonna get his flowers all right. throughout this season i'm right, worried will. about the first episode um, i ain't worried about it but i'm going with uh katie sackhoff as uh bo katan oh she's so good yeah yeah she actually I... had to display some emotion this she was depressed she was very lost she didn't know what to do with herself she you know like um and i don't know I, that's exactly why I didn't go with Pedro Pascal in this one is because he didn't have to do a lot. Um, yeah. he was very, very singular, very, very, like he had one mood the entire episode. He was, he's laid back. He's calm the entire time. The, the most out there he gets is when he yells carga or grief and tosses Grogu at him. Yeah. Uh, mm. Mm. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Just chuck yeah, the baby. Did kind of fucking up like, dude. You're you're this badass Mandalorian. You can't even kill this half IG eleven. Like I don't know. Like and and to protect Grogu at that. Like dude was kind of just nonchalantly. But, hey, but just, hey, I we, don't know. We have been given plenty of substance to know that IG eleven is a bit of a fucking tank. So I ain't really. No, but I, I ain't really not my guy for that. 
Din this is man, I would like John. to remind you that in the first episode of this show, IG-11 got tanked by the repeat, repeated blaster and lived. Fair. Uh, Fair. And, it, and it's probably the added thing where we're like, oh, I don't want to kill you. Like, I kind of yeah. want to preserve it's as much as thing. possible. It's a panic thing. Oh, you're the okay. only droid I've ever liked. Yeah, Why the true. fuck are you doing this? There's a lot going on there. Uh, but no, that's a great choice for performance. Uh, we already did shot. I know we did shot earlier. And seeing me and Joe both had uh, Din and Grogu getting ambushed by the pirates. Kyler, what about you for a favorite scene? Yeah, I and that that's a good one. Like that that is that feels like the the scene, like the it moment. Is. It yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I try, I dare to be different sometimes. But that's just like you you never get tired of it. Every time you see it again in like something new, Star Wars, it just hits the like it was the first time. Well, and there's few something things about in this Star yeah. Do you things in the Star Wars universe like really call on that nostalgia, like things like that? Because like I think back to like Han Solo navigating in the Falcon, and just like any old any any type of space starfighter. Well, Anakin and Obi in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith is like oh, bingo, right. bingo. Oh. No, but like what's really cool about this episode for me is that like with Navarro and the aesthetics there and the opening with the giant kaiju type monster and the dog fighting and every like we had everything we've ever gotten out of the show in this one episode and what's even cooler is the style feels like book of boba fett was an an evolving point this this feels like an episode of book of boba fett more than it does any episode of the mandalorian prior for me as far as style and pacing and what we did with it 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 felt like one of the it felt like one of those one off episodes about the Mandalorian from that show, and uh, like it was just it was just so well done. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, Man, and part that's... of it too is like we've we've been in such a like kick of watching Bad Batch and stuff. And again, this is no knock on Bad Batch. I don't want this to be perceived as a knock on Bad Batch. It is animated and it's animated for a reason. And the animation. Looks fucking great. But there is something about live action Star Wars, especially in today's day and age and of technology, that just absolutely smacks so fucking hard. Mm. And I, and, and maybe it's just the belovedness of these characters and everything, but fuck me, man. The colors, the shots, the framing, just the, everything that they do in this show is just great. And can we get. An amen for the fucking score because that shit is always heat. Ooh, it is always ooh, fire. Always. We actually had an evolution and- uh, of the of the person doing the score. It was the guy who did Book of Boba Fett. It was Joseph Shirley, mm-hmm. not Ludwig Göransson. Uh, oh, this I, the beginning the the beginning sequence with the crocodile and the and the ritual and everything. That mm. score fire. The score at the very end, or not the very end, but the score when Bo-Katan is walking in, or mm. when he's walking up to Bo-Katan, that was fire. The, the score, man. Fucking love the score. I will always be giving attention and credit to the score because other people don't, and I just know oh, yeah. that shit. I don't know. I, I, watched, I watched it with headphones, like on my computer and not like a TV, and it, I don't know. This is like kind of the... Oh, uh, I think I like mm. headphones. It was nice because you like when he was walking up to Bo-Katan, like I heard his like the clink of his like his boots. Against oh, no, the, 
the floor. You funny, know, like I, you hear like I don't know all the detail, like little things, and it's I don't know. It's funny. It's funny that you bring that up because this is a really like niche memory for me. But when I was a kid, I, my mom she was a teacher, and so anytime I'd be sitting in class, and if the door was open, and my mom happened to be walking down the hallway towards mm-hmm. towards my classroom or past it or something. I could always tell it was her by the cadence and sound of her feet hitting the hmm. hitting the floor yeah. at school. Yeah, yeah. And all I could think about was like, damn, I hmm. wish that at some point in my life I could just know that Din Djarin is walking down the hallway to see me or something like that. No, his that would be like yeah, about as peak as my mom walking down the hallway to poke hmm. her head into my classroom. <laughs> Father. He is father. Uh let's do let's do a rating for this bad boy. Let's do a... Let's do a critical rating, a genre rating, which is a 10, and a an enjoyment rating. Uh, and it's Star Wars, baby. We've never managed to give a Star Wars episode of television lower than a 10 in genre, so that's just kind of implied. Um, let's start with enjoyment, though. How are we, how are we sitting there? Okay. We did? I mean... Okay. I have some hesitation, so it's not a 10. I know that. And I didn't no, think not. I was at a 10 in the first place anyways. Um, but is it a 9 or above is the question I'm asking. It might be right at a 9 for me. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if it can dip into 8s. That is kind of... I, I'd be nitpicky there. If I'm getting into... I don't, I don't think... I don't know. I no, had a not, blast. 9 is right where I was landing, Yeah, actually. I had a... I had a blast. It just, it just kind of. I, I guess my only gripe, I don't know, is that it, it just kind of it, it moved a little fast. Like it was a thirty-two, thirty-five Two. minute episode or something like that. Like, and it, I don't know, maybe for well, the premiere, make it. That, just remember that, like a ten, you're saying this is one of your favorite episodes of television ever. It doesn't like, yeah. like this is. I'm not like I could count on one hand. How many episodes I like more than this? Like, if I'm being honest, this is this is one of my least favorite episodes of The Mandalorian, and I'm talking about it being a nine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love this show to death, and I loved this episode, yeah. but like, it's just not bringing it the way some episodes of The Mandalorian have brought it. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like if we could just sit, like, I don't know, just make the episode 45 minutes, 40 minutes. You know, just give it give it that little a little more time just to sit and. And feel the the weight of I don't know some of the things that are happening I don't know but it just it it felt very fast and but I appreciate it on one hand I like that it's like we hit the ground running and now like chapter two like next episode we're like we're getting right in and like I like that like it is it is nice and maybe you know suffering a little bit for one episode to make every single episode after it. And- Suffering being a nine is hilarious. Yeah suffering. yeah, suffering. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I think I think nine is because going lower than a nine didn't feel right. Like going any low, eight, anything just kind of felt too low. Right, right. No, I'm with you. How about how about you, Kyler? How you feeling? Well, guess what, Joseph? I'm rocking an eight point five because fuck you. I'm just kidding. You hated it. That no, I'm kidding. No, yeah, no, that's no, still no. Amazing. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going eight point five just because I know what's probably coming, and I just am trying to go from like season to season, less so than I'm thinking about like past episodes, which may not be right. But like for this season, I like 
I'd like to look back at the season and see where like my ratings for like enjoyment has been. And I feel like an 8.5 in hindsight is going to be pretty on the money. Um, like you said, though, I don't see how an episode of Mandalorian, there would have to be some blasphemous things happening to drop, even probably below an 8 for me. And maybe I'm just a little more helter skelter of a person. But 8.5. I mean, I, I think that's no. more than fair. I don't feel like I'm sliding it. I think I loved I loved it. Don't misconstrue any of that. Don't misconstrue one and a half points for me not loving or enjoying it. It was fucking great. I just am going to kind of approach it from a season-long standpoint. Like, 8.5 for this episode is probably going to feel right on the nose at the end of it for me. Um, Fucking loved it. Didn't have a ton of gripes. It's just, it's it's early. They had us in the first half. I ain't going to lie. Like, it's, it's where we're at. Um, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you because there was only one thing I disagreed with Joe on when he was giving it. Nine was my ceiling. Uh, like I ended up landing at about a nine because I love Star Wars and like I'm just gonna give it the bump. But uh, not nine was my ceiling. It, I was going in that range eight five to nine, mostly because I've just known, I just know what I've loved from the show before, and uh, this yeah, uh, I mean, this did a lot of really good stuff, but it didn't do everything I've ever I ever wanted or anything. It so. still got me to cry, you know, like happy <laughs> Star Wars tears, you yeah, know, exactly. Like, so like I, I do think it is fair to like either I think like eight seven five or eight five like actually is is fair. Um, I said we split it then. I said we go eight seven five. Yeah, I, I think that is fair. It, it was it, although it was it was packed and it was very fast and we got a lot of it. It it was just very quick and then what you know was was just very just sweet while it lasted. Um, so yeah, that, that actually kind of comes more into play for me on the critical rating. You know mm-hmm. where I was where I was coming down critically is like a seven. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I don't know what, what, what is it? What is it that's wrong? You know what? I don't, cause I, I don't just really think know point blank period. I think point blank period. It's gotta be just the expectation of what we thought was going to come or what we expected to see from the first episode. And just given, you know, hindsight, I think that's probably a lot of it. Similar to like Ant Man, not necessarily at all on that scale, but like the Quantum Mania, like what people were hoping or expecting to see integrated and done in that no movie versus what was there. Um, yeah, I, I, I can rock seven, seven and a half, anything like that. I, I'll personally say seven, just to be slightly undercutting people. I look, it, it was a short episode. It's early. The episodes are going to get longer. The deeper into the season, we're going to get more substance. It's going to be fantastic. This was. I enjoyed it. It's just like I said. It's just I, I try to look at it yeah, for like what's for gonna me. happen and come in the seasons. And like, I'd be shocked if this probably like I don't know. Hard to say because we don't know what's coming, or at least I don't really have much grip or bearing on what's coming. But like, if at the end of the season, like me giving this a seven as a critical score or whatever. I could see that very easily being the lowest or tied for the lowest. I don't see us getting much lower than that. No, yeah. I don't either. Don't like, think for me, should. the way I look at this, the way I look at 7, 8, 9, 10. 7, good. 8, really good. 9, great. 10, perfect. You know, like, that's that's mm-hmm. how I look at that sort of critical rating. And I think this is a good episode. I don't think it's, I don't think it goes much, I don't think it climbs much. I, I certainly don't think it drops below a seven seven's my floor you know like i I don't think i don't think it drops below that uh i could see me going up to a seven five seven two five is feeling feeling nice for me um i don't know i feel it was like seven 
Seven just feels like the number you give everything. You know, that's like how do you, how'd you like this episode? How would you rate it overall? That was about a seven out of ten. That don't scare um, me. That shit don't scare me. I don't care. What? My seven's different from another seven. Fuck them. Seven out seven. of ten. Seventy percent. Seven. You know who loves the number seven? Palpatine. Monica from Friends. Monica the from Empire. Friends. The Empire loves the number seven. Or seven. six. Seven. Is it seven or six? It's seven. Yeah. Was the prison seven floors seven? Yeah, it was seven sides and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, seven. Yeah, ha- yeah. Oh, yeah. Del the Empire. The seven head. levels. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess if you give it a seven two five, it's an it's an eighty six eighty seven percent. You give it a seven, it's an eighty five eighty six percent. So I mean, that's it's about the range I was rocking anyway. Um, I feel good about that. So I don't know. I think maybe we do just give it the seven. Uh, for I think it is fair. Um, nothing was done horribly wrong. It was just, it wasn't spectacular. It was good. It was just good. It was good. good. And I think that's the bottom line. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was, it was far from bad. It was, it was extremely enjoyable. I think they did like, here's, here's what I'll say. I think that what this show did with the material it had in this first episode it did about as good as it could have with the pacing it tried to get us there with. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, I think the mm-hmm. pacing does end up hurting it a little bit. And in a even 10 or 12 episode season, as opposed to eight, you could probably spread the events of this out over two, um, over two episodes. And it would, it would have allowed scenes to breathe. It would have allowed the actors to perform a little bit more. Uh, could have really actually just spent the time looking for IG 11's memory unit. Like actually, yeah. just go on that mission, and then the next episode, you go to Bo-Katan, like Bo-Katan's castle right away with IG Eleven. You ask where to go on Mandalore. You go to Mandalore. Like I don't right. know. Like I feel like that. I don't know. But no, like, so they, maybe they, my they, other thing is that this one was written or directed by Rick Famuyiwa, who has done incredible work on this show. He's also going to direct the last two episodes of the season. Uh, in this one, he's going to direct seven and eight also. But Rick Famuyiwa has also directed uh, Season 2, Episode 7, The Believer, which is the one where Din shows his face to the Imperials for the first time. Uh, he also directed Season 1, Episode 2, The uh, the Egg, Suka. Mm-hmm. He also directed uh, Season 1, Episode 6, The Prisoner. If I'm being 100% real, this is his weakest episode so far. And uh, it's just because it had so much heavy lifting to do. I think that like yeah. uh, it had a lot to do. It did a lot to get it done, but it's just it, it did about as well as it could. It would have had to have been split up over the course of two episodes to go any higher than a seven for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I guess any. I have a long, long term prediction that like. After Pedro Pascal saying that he like he he sees himself playing Mando for the rest of his life, mm. I see like um, I see Grogu becoming the Mandalorian, and that is where once Grogu becomes the Mandal or just the, the titular character, you know whatever whether he actually becomes a Mandalorian or a Jedi or both, I uh, I'm assuming it's going to be both. I'm assuming like. Just if I had to throw it out there, or it's Probably not really going to rule Mandalore. He's just—he's going to be old as fuck. He's going to live for long as hell. He's going to start the new Jedi. It, it, the future is Grogu. Um, and 
if that is, if he is the titular character, you have a character that can be alive for a thousand years, literally, and you have a show where you can cover all that anthology, and it's like, or just that timeline. You have a thousand years past what we have. No, I feel like I feel like Endgame. Grogu is ruling Mandalore with the dark saber in hand as a Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah, like That's... I think because Pat or who was Tar Tar, Tar Vizsla is the the first, but then there's Tat. Like who was the? You've said that name a few times, and I have no idea who you're talking about. I swear, there's like someone because like Tar, he was a Jedi and a Mandalorian. Like he was in the Jedi Order, right? Like mm-hmm. himself, and he brought unity between the Jedi and the Mandalore. Like there was a peacetime um, between them. But then I thought that there was someone else in the Vizsla family um, that did something. I don't know. I thought it was like a brother to to Tar Vizsla or something. That I don't know. That maybe sparked everything. I don't know. Or maybe this is just. I don't even know where I heard this from. Or where I'm going off of. Um, but I guess I really, really, really would... I just want it to be true that that scene that everyone thinks is Order 66 is, I guess, Tar Vizsla. Because does that make sense if Tar Vizsla's breaking in? Because he would be like... It, it, that doesn't make sense. It wouldn't be Tar Vizsla. Or would it just be some... Just a lot of Mandalorians fighting? My, my money would be on just a bunch of Mandalorians breaking that bitch down. Uh, granted, Trying. I, I also that's that era, the old republic. I'm that's lost on me. That's that's where mm. I, I'm out. You know, like I'm pretty good with high republic and beyond. You go further back than that, and that's that's when you're getting into the video game stuff and yeah. Revan and Bane and all that. And it's just not my bag. It's not stuff I've gotten into. Mm. Uh. But uh regardless, I'm so excited for what this season holds, and I think that uh I think we're we're heading in the right direction, if I had to say so mm-hmm. myself. Oh yeah. Mm. Every week, two episodes. Every week, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. For a little bit. Two episodes for a little bit. For four more weeks. Or as they're this is the last two of the Bad Batch release at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, they're so, three we're more getting <laughs> this yeah. is nuts. We are getting twenty nine Star Wars stories in the month of March. When you consider Mandalorian, the Bad Batch, all the comics, it's 29 new Star Wars stories in the month of March, which is fucking crazy. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 episodes in the month of March. TV. 11 of them, of those are episodes. That's, that that is nuts. Hey, we're going to keep busy, man. We're going to keep busy. But, uh, I think it's time we talked Bad Batch and, uh, Mm -hmm. Kyler, thank you so much for joining us here. To discuss this, you have any last thoughts on the Mandalorian? Um, yeah, I'm just gonna take one more moment to pitch my Din Djarin dating show idea. Um, basically, Grogu is the final leg of support. If Grogu likes them, then Din can uh, be with them. But that's it. Um, that, that was all. Um, you know, I'll be the host gladly. Um, I'll take any chance I can to be as close to those two. But otherwise, <laughs> thank you so much. I would pay. Just egregious amounts of money to watch that show. The Mandalorian Bachelor 
but also Grogu's just there to be, like, the final say, like, basically. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't think you have to, like, put it in the rules of the show that Grogu is oh. there to say, like, yes or no. I think oh. Din would just look, like, oh, he'd be like, Din goes on a date, and Grogu's just sitting next to him. He's like, what's up? He's like, this, you, you this, feeling this, this one? The vibe? You feeling this one? Is this the vibe? Is this the vibe or not? You good? Nah? All right. Hey, you got to go, Shorty. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to get the fuck out him, of here. Him, her, it don't matter. Hey, I'm whatever. Hey, Din, hey, hey, get that man... Hey, he needs a good partner eventually, but I don't. Am really I care. too crazy to think that Din might? I just want to have a hand this in season. It. Yeah, like the Pedro Pascal quote tweet of him saying that he feels like he's going to play Din for the rest of his life. That either makes me feel really good, and that this character is going to be around for a very, very long time. What if, like, I don't want to get in the mind that Din's going to be around for forever. And I'm going to have him for 10 years or whatever, you know, whatever. And then he dies. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I no longer have Din Djarin. You know? No, Din Djarin will die. It's just not uh, not in season three. I don't think that either. I don't think it's season three. It it would be the finale if it is. But I, I think it's more of like a, a season four or five sort of thing if it if it would happen. Um, but I don't know, like, how many, what does that mean, that he's gonna play it for the rest of his life? What is, what is, is that like, how many seasons, what does that mean? You, like, what's their plan for this show? They don't like, have one, man. There's, there's never, it's never been more clear that this, this era of Star Wars is for the creators to have as much fucking fun as they possibly can. Uh, yeah. they are playing in a sandbox right now. And they're having the time of their life creating the shit they want to create. True. Let's let them let them just do it. Let them run wild. Um, I agree. I agree. But let's talk Bad Batch. What do you say? Hell yeah! But it's Bad Batch time, bitch. Mm, man, what's up, Joe? Oh, what up, Bad man, Batch, man. baby? It was we're another just, goodie. We're spoiled with Star Wars content right now. You know, two, dude. Today two was such a one good day. fucking day. Uh, and and that's the thing is that I think this episode is is being a little undermined, you know, or, or pushed to pushed down because of the Mando episode. But this episode yeah, got... was one of the best of the season as mm. far as I don't just like implication, like st- big story, like things yeah, that man. are happening, and just it was just overall good. So man, I this was a know. fucking goodie. Uh, I I don't want Star Wars to do this ever again. I don't want them to overlap releases, man. I don't like it. Wait, I like really? it. Yeah, I really? like getting two. I like getting two new Star Wars things, but I want mm. everything to get its chance to shine. Like you said, the Bad uh, Batch is getting I kind see. of under, getting kind mm-hmm. of undermined because the Mandalorian season three premiere, which is to be expected. Like, mm-hmm. of course, the Bad Batch isn't as big a deal as the Mandalorian season three premiere, but that feels like all the more reason to not put out the Mandalorian at the same time as the Bad Batch. Um, only At least that... stagger it, you know? The Mandalorian used to be a Friday release. Why wonder, are we doing that anymore? I wonder if they, if like Plan 99 and the Mando episode or something's gonna line up. You know, where like, we'll get the Grogu flashback and then Plan, I don't know, like well, maybe at the same time or something. Like, when this episode kicked off and we got Dr. Hemlock, who we oh. didn't know was Dr. Hemlock, they were hiding mm. in you know, like, which was a weird choice to expressly, like, not show his face for a while. Yeah. Um, I was, like, trying to do the math in my head on timeline. Like, I thought this might be Dr. Pershing mm. to be Ooh, to make the Mandalorian yeah, yeah. connection. I see. Uh, 
like that would be why they dropped it on the same day like oh and here's a really cool but like dr pershing mm-hmm. would probably be like maybe not even born or a small child yeah, at this point so i was like yet. yeah yeah no but uh dr hemlock was that's a menacing Dude. figure man and i remember he was like coming on screen and and I hear the the music and I texted you. It was like I, I remember like right when I started, I texted you. I'm like, oh dude, this is it sounds so Westworld. It's painted black. It's like the Westworld theme. It's like the first thing I noticed. And then I hear Doctor Hemlock's voice, and I'm like, okay, I don't I didn't know who it was, but I'm like, this is familiar. By the end of you know the episode, if we're just sticking with his storyline, and then like that end song when it's like really picking up and everything, I'm like, okay, this is too similar. Like something's going on, and then I find out he's played by Jimmy Simpson, who plays William, you know, young William in Westworld. And I don't know, I I, I don't know if am I am, am I stretching too far to say that the sound was inspired a little bit by Westworld because like that was like kind of his. That was the moment that song, Painted Black, was used whenever, like, the big, you know, uh, Arnold's, or not Arnold, uh, Ford's Goodbye and everything. And, and, like, the big heist that always happened. Um, yeah, that's what I remember. And it was always, like, kind of, oh, it, oh, that's right. It was, was it only the heist? Was William That's what I remember. I don't, I don't song? know if it could have been more than that. But regardless, mm-hmm. no, it had a very, like, it was, it sounded like a slow down version of the yeah. painted black theme by Ramin Jawadi. Yeah. Uh, mm. It had like a hmm, hmm. like yeah. it's very slow sort of hum vibes mm. there. I really dug it. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because uh, Dr. Hemlock, while he was a really cool new introduction and a menacing new mm. introduction, uh, my favorite character of the episode actually goes opposite of him in Nala um, yeah, man, this I mean, to start off the episode, too, you know, we're not with the batch. We're with Nala saying Dr. Hemlock here. And it's like, I don't know. I'm it. The tension's building. And I'm like, oh, man, this is I, I did. You know, we were I think we were like talking about Nala say before we were like an ant to um, Omega. Who could that be? And we were like, well, oh, Nala right, say. yeah, I remember. Yeah. And what what did that come up? The ant. Pabu. Oh, Pabu. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Because apparently there there was this um, the storyline that's inspired or maybe that's inspiring Nalise's storyline. She there was a plant or something that was mentioned. I forgot what it was, but it's like it alludes to a story of a prisoner who eventually commits suicide because they don't want to give information, information away, you know, or whatever. And I, and I mean, I don't see Nalise. I see exactly this happening to Nalise. I. They will, I don't, and it's just if they capture Omega or not. If they do, Nalase is probably going to do whatever they ask for a little bit and then they'll kill her, which is going to be even worse, Hmm. you know. But, like, I, the sad reality is that I hope that, like, I don't, like, I really hope Omega doesn't get captured. And if that happens, Nalase's future isn't probably the longest you know isn't the brightest no which is yeah sad, no so. i don't uh and that's that's also another thing is that like while i, I loved this continuation of nalase's story because you know like, like the last time we saw her this is the first time we're seeing her in season two was the arrival on mount tantus where it's kind of up in the air like 
oh, now she's going to help them. do. I love, love, love mm. that they made the choice to go. Oh, she refused yeah. to do it. And her will is so there. imposing that she won't give in. Like, nobody. Nope. And that's why I went with her for this episode, because it was just like, damn, dog. There weren't a lot of, like, really cool Kaminoans. Holiday is a really cool Kaminoan, you know? Uh, yeah, because the other Kaminoan in this episode is just... Oh, Prime Minister Lomsu. Sells her out that fast, man? Like... That instantly was like, oh, yep, Omega, that's the key. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. You could, like, I don't know, made up something. It, like, he, dude was, I don't know, dude just doesn't give a fuck. Mm. Um, but, but what they're working on, what Palpatine's plan is yeah, uh, with the Zillow Beast and being a Clone yeah. Wars engineer uh, really, really mm. enhances this episode. Uh, oh. And that's one of the more memorable episodes of the Clone Wars when the Zillow Beast attacks Coruscant and straight up it's got some sort of connection to the Force because it tries to like attack oh, yeah. Palpatine in it, I like there was a theory where these were like the first Jedi you know there before there were humanoid Jedi and Sith that these were like beast. the things that were battling you know and versus whatever the I guess I don't know if this was the good or the bad I, I'm not sure I guess they their armor is impenetrable to blaster, but could a lightsaber go through it, or did they actually have trouble with that? As, yeah, a lightsaber. I, think they could, I don't think it. they could do it in the Clone Wars. I don't think they could get a lightsaber to break through. It's more of like a Sith, you know, create like they they created it to like, or I don't know. I guess just maybe it was a creature naturally that, evolved. Yeah, naturally over, evolved to yeah. I guess just be that just um, indestructible type shit and. uh Nah, man. I uh, frankly, I was ready to spend the entire episode with Doctor Hemlock and Nalase and on Mount Tantus, yeah. and then we cut to the Bad Batch, and I'm like, "Oh, dope, fuck yeah!" Uh, and to kick off the episode with them being like uh, talking to Sid and being like, "Yo, oh, straight yeah. up, we do not fuck with you right now. What you did was shitty." And she's like, "Oh, you guys seem to be forgetting my token of goodwill. What fucking goodwill, bitch?" No. What yeah, goodwill? Fuck, fucks it all the way. This I I put this as my favorite scene here is whenever they confront mm. it because like finally you know like they didn't give her the they didn't put their foot down too hard but you know Hunter does Hunter's say, like what if we don't come back? Yeah, that's that's my favorite line is I I think it was what makes you think we'd come back at all yeah, or right, something right. along those lines. But I just it's fi like finally they're realizing their own worth and and like the only reason they have to stick with her is because. She'll rat on them instantly to the Empire if they leave, probably. Just knowing yeah, her, she's that much of a... Point there. Yeah. Being like, so, well, it would not be the wisest thing to part ways with Sid so abruptly. We should probably try to at least finish this job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, how hard can it be to go fetch some cargo, you know? Uh, <laughs> and my favorite scene actually comes at at the ship when they, uh, when they like, arrive to the wreckage. And mm. they're, like, slowly... Like, yo, um, whatever did this isn't human, um, and it's still here, and like and the tech goes its separate came way. Too even danger, danger, danger. Yeah, That's man. all no, you. No, that shit was like, if I'm a child watching yeah. this, I am scared. 
That's the thing. Oh, they they knew that everyone's going to be watching this right after Mando, so it's going to be like 3 a.m. for some people. Right. 2 a.m. It's going to be super. You know, it was perfect. Perfect. Yo, for it had night. like no. I'm a grown ass man. It had me on edge a little bit. It I was, was like, like yeah. it was a little freaky. Uh, like even with the Delta droids, like with the like at the beginning of like showing like the one final guy that was remaining, mm. and and like that's Dude, the thing. Yeah. Their their weapons. Their weapons are. They, all they do is they they help the yeah. creature, you know. They don't, and that's the thing is that like, is the plan was the plan from the get go to have this thing here, have it break out, have it grow, suck up this power supply, have the empire come in, save it, have the empire look like heroes, and then also they get you know what they want out of it from initially. They want they want the creature fully grown, or at least big so they can harvest its armor or my money is that where it ends up is where they intended to take it and then they were just going to feed it electricity Ah. instead of uh instead of going through this whole convoluted process where it like i guess the other advantage for the empire advantage i say loosely and in a fascist way for the empire is that they they happen to colonize another planet because of it um i mean the the thing is is that they everything that happened the empire was ready for this mm. they i mean it seemed that they they were ready like giving i think you gotta have i think you gotta have a protocol when you're transporting something this dangerous though like you gotta have a plan in case yeah. some shit goes wrong yes but like i'm talking more of like the weapons they give those troopers it's on purpose like, they know electricity gr- makes the thing grow. That mm. is what they're researching. That's what they found out. And they want it to do that. That is, right. like, what they're researching. And they give the troopers weapons that will only help the creature. So they are wanting these troopers to die. Like, that's the only reason you give them these weapons, you know. Right. And, and, like, and I feel like... It's exactly that. They get to colonize another planet because of this. They, you know, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that the the ship crashes right next to the power station of the town. Right. You know, and then so it breaks out. It's hungry for power. It goes straight there. It grows. The whole town sees it happening. It sees the Empire swoop in, save the day, take it away. And then so, like, in in the Empire's mind, it's like, yeah, we just saved your planet, so you'll be glad to accept us and and let us colonize you now, you know? is like, what I'm thinking. Because, like, this is just one example. What if this is happening across multiple planets? Like, this was just one station. Um, But, like, is this the only one that they were cloning? Is this the only successful one? I don't know. Like, maybe this is happening multiple places, because that's a very easy... That's very... That's a good... Good plan, you know, in air quotes. Good plan to colonize a planet, but, like, it... For the Empire, it works, you know. Um, but... Right. Evil. Evil, but works. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like I, don't know, uh, I don't know if I'm thinking too much into it, though. I could be... No, uh, see, because I think you're... I think you're on to something with the whole giving them electro weapons. Like, that's... And it could... They're trying to maybe phase out... Because are those still... Are those volunteer troopers no, at that point? No, those Mando. are the Delta... Yeah, so those are still clones. Maybe they're just trying to phase them out, and it's just well. The other another way to phase them out. Nothing penetrates their armor anyway. 
there's no weapon yeah. that they can give them that will actually protect them. So, but I mean, giving them the weapon that is advantageous for the creature, you know, like yeah, I don't know. They they have this technology that it whatever beam they shoot at it to cook it and dismantle it at the end. They have that technology. You know, I guess it has to be on a ship, maybe, or that big. But, I mean, they were ready. They, like, they knew this would happen. They swooped in, just shot it three times with the laser, grabbed it, and left. They, like, I feel like that this is, this is not the only, this is not the first time, or maybe this is the first time, but this is not the only time that this is going to happen or will happen. No, yeah, especially given the whole cloning thing, it seems to be that they're, there are obviously a few versions of the Zillow Beast. Um, in that cloning team, is there... Okay, on in IMDb, there is um, Amiri Carr, which is the, like, scientist lady with, like, the red goggle yeah, glasses right, right. in this episode. And she's played by uh, Keisha Castle-Hughes. Mm-hmm. And apparently she played... Um, was it Queen Amidala? Or something, something in Revenge of the Sith, or something like that. Um, I saw uh, Queen of Naboo. Yeah, she played Queen of Naboo in the non-speaking role in Revenge of the Sith. She was the the stand-in actress, I guess. Uh, But then there's also Helen um, Sadler, and she's credited for Dr. Scalder. And the character, I mean, like, I just... He's the Castle Hughes in a more notable... They're separate characters, right? Like, I guess the characters that they play in in this show... Um, yeah, they're they're two different characters. Helen Sadler is also rather uh, rather established as well. Very big Star Wars voice actress. Oh, and, yeah. uh, Book of Boba Fett. Wow, she was Ishi Tib Guildmaster in Book of Boba Fett. Well, uh, as soon as I looked right. it up and saw like Keisha Castle wow. Hughes, yeah, Keisha Castle Hughes plays the successor to, uh, or not the successor. It would have been a few queens down the line after Amidala. Mm-hmm. Um, She's at the funeral for Padme. More notably, she is in Game of Thrones. Um, She is one of the daughters of Pedro Pascal, one of the Viper sisters. Oh, that's Uh sick. Yeah. Dang. The crossover. Very cool. They never stop. Too many Game of Thrones in Star Wars. I don't know. It's It just makes sense. It always does. It always does. I love love these franchises crossing over, but... uh, yeah, man, it was it was a fucking goodie. I just I just really really enjoyed it. Um, and like coming off of a Mando season premiere, which I was so fucking excited for, and I was so happy to be watching, and I loved watching. I like I I'm one hundred percent certain my favorite episode of television from today was the Bad Batch. Ooh, okay. I guess as a single episode of television goes. If I just want to watch one episode, I'm watching the Bad Batch episode. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's the wrong reason. way to frame it. I think yeah. when we, when it came to the Mandalorian's rating, mm. I think I would put that higher on enjoyment. I think I'd put this higher critically. I think this is the better episode of television that was released today. Yeah. I, I think that'd be a better way to frame it. Because if I'm just going to mm-hmm. turn something on, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to turn on the Mando season three premiere. It makes me very happy. Uh, just because it's it's the Mandalorian. Uh, but true. Uh, true, yeah. I don't. I I really. I love that they are. They're not 
strain of like straight away from the sequels i mean this is like it's front and center like this is like i feel like the storyline like that they're going with with the bad at, at least like that's not the bad batch specifically like they're the involving Palpatine things and the yeah. empire side like all the background stuff that palpatine has been doing and like i i don't know i love it. it's it's only making the sequels better and i think that that's it's just part of the natural progression of of you know Everyone hated the prequels, and then they got better over time. And you know, maybe yeah. as the novels came out and stuff like that, maybe that's what enhanced the prequels. You know, as well as just time and letting them be out. But I think here we're having like an accelerated rate of the sequels becoming better and people liking them more because now we'll be like, oh, where was Grogu during all this stuff? And like, oh my right. god, you know, all that sort of sort. How of was stuff. Snoke created? Like, how did he finally there, I, I mean, on that? I feel like we are going to get those answers. Like. I don't know. I I think that's I think that's what ties the Bad Batch and the Mandalorian specifically um on the cloning side of things with Pershing and, and uh Hemlock here. Like I'd be willing to bet Hemlock and Pershing end up being like a uh student teacher relationship sort of thing in the future. Yeah. Um like we get like a little mm-hmm. a li- like not even expressly on screen but like maybe a little tidbit from Pershing it's like well, my teacher, Dr. Hemlock, mm. once told me that, like, like I'd be willing to bet there's something that there's some sort of succession there because he also Pershing has like a Kaminoan sigil on like his on like his mm-hmm. uh, sleeve. So, like, yeah. he clearly comes from this, like what Mount oh, yeah. Tantus is working on, because like Tex says, what my favorite line of the episode is and wipe out the cities on Camino to end cloning. They merely wanted control. They merely wanted to control it. Um, ah, yeah, okay. They want to do the cloning. Yeah, that's that does make the most sense. And they don't want anyone guess... else to have the ability to clone things because a clone army is extremely dangerous. Um, the part that like the ultimate goal of all of this cloning and whatever is so that Palpatine can have somebody to transfer himself into. Like, that's that's the goal of all of this, right? Like, it's, peak, it's peak the goal, I would guess. Snoke and... To live forever. Yeah, so, this, so that's his goal. So, like, I feel like Palpatine would want to keep that, like, an absolute seat. You know, like, he's not... Like, this would be, like, his most well-guarded secret, you know, I think. So, like, maybe right. is he is he... Is it like these people who are working here, like doctor, like all these people who are working on it, are they just thinking that they're working on these creatures and, and they stuff have like no, they do like, not know what they're working on. Snoke, um, like they have no idea of Snoke. Snoke is like only an exegol no. and like uh, that. Because it's not even known Palpatine's a Sith Lord. Yeah. So okay. like, yeah. It, oh yeah. <laughs> people okay. just think he's a, he's a fascist dictator. Like that's all, uh, that's all he is that's to most so, people. So I just take I just, I take that for granted so much. Like, right, just, right. I just we just know it's a compl- that like it's not only his deepest darkest secret that he wants to live forever. Nobody knows how he would be able to do that. It's because he's a Sith Lord. Um, man, I really hope we go to Exegol like eventually. Oh, I, I got like this. Would be the show to do it. I don't know. Like, oh, dude, I think uh, it's so hard to do in live action, but here. Like, oh, I could see, I, I could see, like, us watching Palpatine, like, go there, you know, and, like, uh, it, down the line. It wouldn't be, it probably wouldn't be anytime soon, but, uh, 
they like once they get Omega? closer to cracking the code on their cloning, like how to clone, maybe he starts transporting the technology out there and mm. et cetera, et cetera. Because what one of the Wayfinders to Exegol was on uh, Mustafar, which Vader, that's where Vader's posted up all the time. Uh, Vader has been to Exegol according to comics, but you know, they they love to fuck with comic canon so they could send him there a lot earlier. Um there's there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options for potentially heading to Exegol, I think. Um hmm. yeah, man, it was this this episode was just extremely strong. Like Do they capture Omega? Do they yeah, actually yeah. they get her? When? Yep. Um Within got, the next couple episodes, uh, I think episode thirteen. I'm a, I'm gonna make a prediction. Pabu and that's Nala says goodbye. Um, episode thirteen. If gotcha. I'm just take, take a guess. So I'm assuming we got one episode in between there. Omega gets captured next episode. At the end, the batch, the batch saves Omega, and then Omega sees Nala say sacrifice herself for mm. something. That, I, that's that's what I think is Omega will be there to see Nala say sacrifice and and let that information die with her. Um, Interesting, yeah. See, because I big swing, big swing. Uh, I think Pabu, or I don't think Omega gets saved. I feel like that's the end of the season. Like that is that's the oh. last that's the last thing of the season. Okay. Um it would require the bad batch to go ahead and go Echo, Rex, maybe link up with everybody they've ever that's wanted true. to link up with. Yeah. Uh they did they they did send out a a little they sent the data to Yeah, send the, send the data. So. But uh whatever is special mm-hmm. about Omega which we don't know for sure. Nala say lets that slip. They don't need Nala say anymore. They just need Omega. Oh. So so Pabu, it's not they save Omega and Nala say sacrifices herself. Nala say gives up the wrong information, dies because they don't need her anymore. All they needs Omega. Um. Maybe it's both. It could be both, yeah. Maybe it's she is there, Omega is there, and that's what gets her to give up the information. It's like, I am worth nothing. That is what you, like, she yeah. is what you need. And then Yeah, no, like, that, that's okay. what I mean. Like, I think she would be oh, there in that like, moment. And she, oh, no. Yeah, I think she would be there. She would have already oh. been captured. She just wouldn't be getting saved okay. uh, soon. I uh, guess. It, it would. I think Stoke. it would give them the chance to call on Fennec Shand. Hmm. Call her back up mm-hmm. and get her get her in the mix, because um, I have to. We have to think. Snoke eventually is a thing. Palpatine eventually does. Like he does succeed in this. This plan does work, you know. And whether he needs Omega for it, he gets Grogu and he gets his DNA for a little bit. You know, maybe that at that time is Snoke already developed, or would that be when he would be start like? 
Because would it make more sense? No. Yeah. This is a what? This is too early for Snoke. Way to too be getting for Snoke. Yeah, like Way it, it would be the baby, baby, baby steps of creating Snoke at this point. Uh, it could be trying, but failing um, would be would be where my money's at. Uh, Make total sense if Grogu's the key, though. Like that's the last little bit they need because if they if if the theory I really want to be true that the Yoda species, their their species is just the Jedi. Right. And they are, you know, kind of grown or just one every 250, yeah, you know, every now and then one just pops and, I don't know, something, however it happens. Right. And then it would make sense that Palpatine wants, you know, the Sith alternative to that is trying to not have it come from nature and try to just make it yourself. And and it yeah. looks so decrepit, like, you know, it may, I don't know, I, I think it would... It makes a whole lot of sense. and Well, if, and that's if, another reason why I think Omega could be a key. I spit out that uh, theory a couple weeks back or whatever that, like, mm-hmm. she might not have been cloned to be Force-sensitive. She might be a clone who happens to be Force-sensitive, which Nala Say would probably know somehow due to her M-count or something and keep that to herself. So um, I guess that's what Ray is. Well, kind of. Like, because Palpatine probably wanted his son's body... Like, because he wanted Ray's body. He was going to go into Ray's body and take mm-hmm. it over, you know, like that, that was what he was going to do. But he probably would want it to happen, you know, with his son. Or was it, was the blood, it was his blood, the son or the daughter? Uh, uh, the son. The son was so, his, his perfect strand cast. Yeah. So like, I would assume he would probably want to take over that body because he's a male and he's Palpatine. He's probably, you know, definitely probably misogynist. So like he, you know, that was probably plan A and then it didn't work because it's, it's the first clone and, and whatever, but Ray just so happened to be born from that clone and a natural, you know, just a real person. And so Ray was now able to, like Palpatine could go into Ray's body now. And maybe that was the plan all along. Maybe Palpatine knew that, you know. And that's why it all led up to this moment, you know, Ray, you know, doing everything. Like, maybe that that was his plan all along, I don't know. And he knew it would have to be a generation removed sort of thing. Um, and maybe, so I guess if it's, if it is that way, then Omega would either have to be, that version of Ray, which would, she would have to be the kid of a real human and a clone. How would she? But she is a clone herself. Yeah, she's cloned. So uh, she. So maybe it's the next generation down. No, who's Ray? Who? Who's Omega's child? Who does Omega? Does Omega? You know, is that? Does it go there? Yeah, who knows? No way. Is Omega? No. no. Wait a minute. Where's your head at? Because I'm having a tough time keeping up. Because the timeline always fucks with me. How gotcha. old would would Ray's parents be? Right now. Right now. Yeah. Ray's parents. Hmm. It depends. Is on... Ray born yet? Is Ray born? Ray is not born yet. No, Ray would not when... be born. Ray is not born until post Return of the Jedi. Okay. So we're yeah we're not we're not there, okay. 
We still like, got. And it depends on how perfect of a strand cast. Like we could be going. Like maybe we do see Palpatine's perfect clone be created, his son, who mm-hmm. ends up being Ray's dad. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, could, is that possible to happen in this show? Like, for the I think it could the, be. Um, like, would the father, would that person just be being born, or, or have they already been born? Like, I guess they they would probably uh, not be created yet. Uh, but they oh, it probably it wouldn't is, be long. Uh, if it is a strand, maybe it's the growth's just accelerated. I guess that. Yeah, so the, like the, he doesn't. The birth he doesn't of have that, to be a baby. I guess the birth of him can be whenever. Yeah, it's just like whoever just, the wife the is. Mom, yeah. Do we? And we have no idea. I, I right? do. Uh, it, it's uh, in a book. Um, it's Dathan and Miramir. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, his son's name is Dathan, and uh, hit, hit the love of his life, Ray's mom is Miramir, who I think that's the name, if I remember correctly. Hope I'm not fucking that up. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Let me check. Hmm. And Ray's was there anything mom. special about Ray's mom? Or was she just, uh... Nah, she was just dope. Yeah, Miramir. Dathan and Miramir. Uh... Miramir. So Dathan is a clone, the perfect strand cast of Palpatine, and then That's Miramir right. is just is. a just a dope human. Yeah, or she human? human? Is, is she human? Yes. yes. Okay. So just a dope human. How do they meet? Do you, does that known how they? Um, yeah, it was a part of that novel. Uh, it's because Dathan like tries to run away. Um, he 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 doesn't like his dad. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and tries tries to escape. According to media, uh, Miramir was born six years before the Battle of Yavin, um, which is a Where we're at right now. Wait. We're 13. Wait, Miramir was born six years before the Battle of Yavin? And that is... And we are how far away? That's 19 BBY. Whereas she was born in 6 BBY. So about 13 years away. Okay. Hmm. Oh, we got a lot of time to cover. I don't. That's not soon. That's not happening this season. I don't think. Hmm. Oh. Good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, hey, I don't think that's happening this season. Then. Um, no. Yeah. And I look the, up Nathan, get... according to this. Was until twelve BBY. So it's leave out. Oh. Oh, so it is known. His well, I guess if that is to be believed or not, right? Oh, okay. I really, I don't know. Uh, it, with the Ahsoka thing, like I, I don't know how much to trust canon things that aren't on screen. Like I don't know. Um, yeah. But that I don't know. Hmm. sort of thing. I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. My Wi-Fi is also... Like, I switched Wi-Fi somehow. 
my Wi-Fi just changed from one Wi-Fi in the house to a different one in the house. So that's where I'm at. Um, but uh, so if we, there's been a bunch of static, that's why. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I uh, all in all, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of really cool shit that's being the groundwork's being laid for in the Bad Batch, and mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm ecstatic to see where it goes, especially towards the end of the season. I think Omega is in trouble. Obviously, yeah. I think Nala is as good as dead. Um, yeah, it's not looking good at all. Do you think we lose a batch member by the end of the season? Oh, no. And who would it be if we do? No, not yet. No. No. If no. it is anyone, it's Wrecker. Yeah. And he sacrifices him. I don't know. There, He's almost been that a lot this season. Like, the, I don't know, like... He, I, don't, uh, I feel like if it is anyone, it's Wrecker. Mm. And maybe I'm just saying that because that's the one I'm the most okay with letting go. Same. Uh, because there's just the least compelling story to explore with him. He uh, just needs to eat, and he's strong, and he, he's comedic relief. You know, and that, uh, I, with Tech, we're actually getting really good stories. He's been cool and, the last... He's been cool the- episodes you know that's there's that part in this yeah. episode where uh tech goes uh well given that the probably ate the crew uh he's probably not very hungry and then wrecker's like and who does that help you know yeah. and he's like what the fuck why would you say that in front of the doesn't the... doesn't read the room well um yeah tech yeah doesn't doesn't understand quite Quite clearly, I don't know, but Omega, yeah, that was sad seeing Omega right after that. Though, like he, they, hate the crew. Like out, of, like oh man, like poor little Omega, and then her future's not bright. Uh, it's probably coming next episode. I'm think, I'm thinking that that's the end. Is the batch is like, oh my fuck, what do we? Well, obviously, we're going for, but like, what do we do? Like, we are going up against the whole empire now. Like, and we can't be known. From you know, the Empire can't know that we exist, right? Um, so it's it's gonna. I don't know. Tipping point. That's episode four. That makes sense. You know, like maybe it's just like you know what? We can't be covert anymore. We're the fucking bad batch. It's pl- that's what Plan Ninety. They're, yeah, they're fucking Clone Force Ninety Nine. That's what Plan Ninety Nine is. They're just revealing themselves to the world. They're like fuck, fuck it. We're the bad batch, and we're doing this shit. Come join us, mm. clones. And sadly, all the clones die because <laughs> we don't see them at all anywhere. And the only ones we see are homeless and on the street and begging for money. So... Um, Nothing but good stuff in the future for the clones. But, uh, we can hope. But we can we hope. Kind of already, we already know. We can, our, we can always hope. We could have just been that guy. Um, true. True. They could be in a... In a utopia somewhere, in an unknown planet—I don't know. Fuck it. They recreated Topoka City. You know, maybe they're it's back on. In, they're inside Camino. It's an—it's yeah. actually an inner planet, and all the yeah, Caminoans are chilling there. They're hidden. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's the reverse of Tatooine. Exactly. Um, so. Instead of returning water from the core of the planet, all of the water is on the. Exactly. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and they can handle it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Then, uh, I, I think we, we got that. We got the season on the nose. I think. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I, I think that's just exactly yeah. it. Uh, so, all right. But, well. uh, with that, I do. Been a good day. We'll, yeah. I think we'll conclude this episode of rebellions bloom. Uh, we covered the Mandalorian season three premiere earlier with uh, Kyler Barnett, who unfortunately had to leave us a little bit ago. Couldn't join us for the Bad Batch discussion, but thank you so much, Kyler Barnett. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank there you very go. much, Joseph George, for being here, buddy. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I was going to fill in the absolutely if, if you did, and I was going to ah. stand in for him. So I'm, I'm glad we go. still got it, though. Need it. Need it. But. You always need it. But uh, mm-hmm. if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of comic book pull lists, book reviews, movie reviews, uh, Mando Season 3 predictions, a review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania very recently, uh, all sorts of shit over there. 50 hours of exclusive content and more. If you uh, pay three bucks a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs us money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So that would be huge. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you are listening. And remember, peace, love and bloom. Fuck, I can't wait for Mando season, for, for Mando episode two, man. I'm just so fucking excited. I'm so fucking ready. Bye.